0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we want to make marriage real, fun, and simple. This week, we're talking about how to protect our marriages from unfaithfulness. This is going to be a really interesting conversation. I can't wait to get into it. But first, I'm CJ, your host. I've been married to my wife, Terry for six years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're also joined by, as always, Afton.
1: Hello. Mm -hmm. I am married to Hudson. We've been married for three and a half years, and I have a 15... 15, it sounded like I said 50, that'd be impossible, (laughs) 15-year-old stepson.
0: And we're also joined by Ted Lowe, our fearless leader who's been married for going on 24 years now. Mm. Yes, with
2: three teenagers. So So many teenagers. So many teenagers. You might
1: as well have a million teenagers if you have three.
2: It feels like it most days, (laughs) for
1: sure.
2: And Ted is also a speaker,
0: author, and the director of MarriedPeople.org. It's good to see you guys.
1: Thanks, CJ. And guess what? Um, While you were saying marriedpeople.org, just a reminder to all of our listeners out there that Married People just came out with a brand new subscription for couples, Married People membership, and it's super cheap, and it's got tons of resources, videos, podcasts, Suggestions? Date nights. Date nights videos. Night? Oh, date nights. Tool? That's a good one. Yeah, date I, know, nights are, I the never are great. know what to do on date night. Ever, never. Um, oh, we and actually so, have an affiliate.
2: Yeah. And one of them is a date box. And so when you sign I've up, done
1: date box. Do
2: you like date box?
1: I loved date box. Actually, we still get them. We still get date boxes, and they always come with like something to make, something to do, something to listen to. It's it's actually really fun. And I make it extra surprising because I don't open it until the day. We do the date.
2: Yeah. And so if you get the membership, you it's get so fun. 50% off.
1: So, oh, awesome. Oh, How fun is that? Can you give me a membership?
2: Oh, well, no. You have to sign up. It's to, so cheap. I have to
1: sign up for Of course for the you do. It's so cheap. I just thought I'd have an in with being on this podcast.
2: Yeah. Your time of me giving you a free code is worth more than it's going to take you to do this. It's well, so cheap.
1: You wow. can find out more about the Married People membership at marriedpeople.org backslash membership.
0: That's awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, Afton. Let's get into this week's conversation. Uh, I was going to before all of that. I was going to read a few married people reviews that people have been leaving us, but we'll see that for, for okay, later. Okay. We'll let's later.
1: do it at the end. Uh, okay.
0: Just because we've said before, hey, you are leave they us, super If you good? leave us a review, well, they're good
2: for Ted and I. That's all I'm going to okay,
1: say. Okay. Great. Cool. Uh, let's wait till uh, if you end. leave
2: us a review, we, we'll, we'll see if read we have few, time at the end. But read we'll, them. we'll do yeah. it later because it really does help when people give us review because it helps people to find us more on this podcast, right? I know every podcast that makes us feel good about
1: ourselves. Right. It does.
2: It we will. It will not make you feel good.
1: About okay, yourself. great. Let's to... wait until never hundred <laughs> uh, hours to read
0: those. Now let's get into it this week, though. We won't delay any longer because this is going to be an interesting conversation.
1: And we had a lot of debate leading up to this this podcast because we all have we all bring into this podcast our own baggage and thoughts and opinions. Some mm. more than others, mostly me. And this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. And we all had very strong opinions on how we talk about the idea of unfaithfulness, affairs, all that kind of stuff. Because I think we've all kind of been burned in the past by maybe what we've been told as far as these go in marriage. Like sometimes it seems unfair. Sometimes people that follow all the rules still have this happen to them. And so it's, it's an interesting and confusing concept. So
0: wait, what do you, you mean by when you about? say everybody's been burned by this just because... Sometimes people try to uh, affair or unfaithfulness proof their marriage and it doesn't work. Is That's that what right.
1: I think it's happened. It's probably happened. I think everyone has been affected by affairs, whether it's someone you're related to someone you, that is a friend that it's happened to, someone you trusted that's a mentor, someone that you don't even know but you looked up to as a pastor or a, just a mentor or mm. guidance, and it happened to them. And so you keep looking at these situations and you're like, they must have done everything right. How did this happen to them? And can it happen to me? And then we're all kind of affected by all these decisions other people make.
0: And I, th- I do think that's why we phrased the question, how do we protect our marriage from unfaithfulness? We're not talking about how do we uh, affair-proof our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, people are people, but that doesn't mean there aren't steps we can take uh, to safeguard and protect the most important relationship in our lives. And that's why I think we can still, uh, despite all the unknowns and variables still, uh, we can still Maybe. protect our marriage from
2: Unfaithfulness. Maybe. Would you agree, Ted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to talk about this because I think we all, like you said Afton, we all know these people, um, some of them heavy hitter leaders mm-hmm. who are leading major movements to our next door neighbor who, who have an affair and we're like, what just happened to this? And so this was kind of birthed for me out of a couple things. The first thing was when I was in seminary, I'd been married about six months and a professor says... Given the right situation, infidelity is possible for anyone. And I had not said much in the class. Mm-hmm. Like I, one, I didn't really even want to be in any, any of the classes because I was tired, <clears throat> and I just wanted to get home to my to my wife. And mm-hmm. when he said that, I thought, mm, "That's not true. That's so fatalistic. There's no way." So the first thing out of my mouth that semester was, "Hey, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I'll." You know, I'll sin in other categories or struggle with lots, but cheating on my wife will never be one of them. The guy, for the first time in the semester, comes out for around his podium. He's <laughs> been very deadpan until this point. He points at me and he says, "And you, my friend, will be the very one it happens to." He goes, "Because the ones that say it can't are the ones that ends up happening to." And I remember, I was he frustrated. Said, I was, thank you, man. sir. When I was like, "And I'm leaving, never coming back," yeah. you know, because it was embarrassing. I mean, yeah. it, you know, when I'm. 26 at the time and uh, embarrassed. I'm like, Oh, but I got in the car and I remember thinking, I still think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe that there's no way this is going to happen. But then I thought if there's a 5% chance that this could happen, why wouldn't I do things to protect my marriage from it? And I was working at a place at a church who had some things in place to mm-hmm. protect my marriage from mm-hmm. those things that I thought were a little bit archaic, but was it, optional if I wanted to work there right and so those two things kind of launched this whole idea of what does this mean especially when you combine that with all these leaders and different people who we all loved and admired people that have led major movements whose marriages have imploded because of unfaithfulness like I thought we got to talk about this I mean we're always we want to make marriage real fun and simple I don't have fun we can make this but we want to make it real and simple all right <laughs> here we go i
1: have so many thoughts and opinions on this situation and ted you might not even agree with them but i'll say them anyway like always here's the thing there are people in the world that follow all the rules have all the guidelines all the things that we've heard about, you know, like not riding in, you know, guys don't ride in cars with single women, or uh, you have a Facebook group or you have a Facebook page, uh, you know, your profile's together, it's joint so that you can all see each other, everything's transparent. And there are people that follow all those rules that so we've seen them follow them. And then the, an affair still happens to them. There's still unfaithfulness. And I think the tension for me is the idea that there is something we can do to not have an affair. And I'm not saying there aren't. Maybe there are things you can put in place to, to make it more difficult for somebody in your marriage to, ha- to be unfaithful. But the tension I feel, this is the tension I feel. When you go into a marriage, there are two people everyone's flawed in the marriage but you go into it going I trust you you trust me every day I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna trust you and you're gonna trust me and that's that's all we can do I can't make you do anything you can't make me do anything we can put in all the boundaries we want to put in but I think my tension is that you can't control your spouse no matter what you do I
0: agree I think the. The starting point for this conversation, though, is, and this is a bad metaphor, but to me, I look at it like driving. There are going to be car accidents, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have guardrails and we shouldn't have stop signs and that kind of a thing to help safeguard against them. They're going to happen. Some people are going to get in car wrecks, some aren't, but still, there are some things we can do to help prevent things from happening, even accidentally, and I think that's an interesting side of things, too.
1: (laughs) That I think that if we're talking about putting those boundaries in place for ourselves, like me, Afton, putting those boundaries in place for me, yeah, I can get behind that. What I what I think I have a hard time getting behind is the idea that you can affair-proof a marriage. And I don't and think you, you can.
0: And that's what I said at the very beginning of this conversation: is that I think we are careful to frame this. Like you, we're not talking about how to. 100% percent fair proof anything. Yes. We're talking about how to protect against it. Because to Ted's point, if there's even a 5 For yourself. Well, I mean, For I think that's yourself. what... For yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can get into it.
1: Well, let's get into it. Because people wake up, people wake up one day, they've done everything right, they have like they've been so faithful in their marriage and they get slapped in the face, like blindsided. Like how could my spouse have been doing this? I had no idea. And what I, all I'm trying to say is it's not that person's fault. Totally. That an affair happened in their marriage. There's nothing they could have done to keep their spouse from having an affair. That was a decision and an entirely different situation that they should have Right. If, if
0: someone chooses unfaithfulness, that is definitely not on the spouse. Like, right. I get that. Right. But what I'm saying is, and we might be saying the same thing and it's just semantics, but you're saying like you can do things to help protect yourself from having an affair. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And I think there are things that you can do as a couple, guidelines you can set in place as a couple that we, we're both on the same page in, in agreement about that can help protect you both. You know whether, and I'm not saying that these should be it, but like if you both subscribe to, hey, we don't go on trips with, you know, single people of the opposite gender, like that's something that yes, you could you could decide for yourself, Afton, that you're not going to do that to safeguard your marriage, but it could only benefit, I think, and Ted can correct me, uh, if you you and Hudson both agree to that same guideline.
2: I think you're sensitive to. And we all have those stories that we want to be super sensitive on this podcast that not one person hears us saying, you should have done something different. Right. That's what I hear from your heart. And I fully get that. And people listening, that is not what we're saying. Totally. What we are saying, and I think the thing that, you know, if again, if there's the five percent chance, then what do we do about that? Because here's where it's different. Like there's, you know, take it from like the like a physiological, neurological. Standpoint studies show that when people are in the infatuation stage, let's go back first when we first meet each other. And this isn't true for all couples, but it is true for a whole lot of couples. That when people are in the infatuation stage and you've met somebody, remember you're talking to three o'clock in the morning and you're in that goo goo stage. They've done some things where they will take somebody and they'll put them through an MRI machine while showing them a picture of the person they're in love with. And what happens is amazing. The frontal lobe, which is where all your long-term reasoning and logic is, greatly decreases in activity. So all of a sudden you're in this space where I don't care about anything long. I'm in love. And you've got all this feelings going on. While simultaneously three areas of the brain light up like a Christmas tree. And it's the same three areas of the brain that lights up when someone uses cocaine. And so you're in this euphoric, unbelievable thing. And then you get married and those things change. Frontal lobe comes back. You know, front love comes back, those three areas dim a little bit on the Christmas tree. As people go, oh, I've lost that love and feeling. And we can just think, hey, you know, there's some different brain chemistry things happening when people are committed that are amazing, that's long term. But I think the thing we have to acknowledge, whether we like it or not, that part of us is still with us. And it goes with us wherever we go. Mm-hmm. That ability to connect with somebody in those types of ways still goes with us to work, to the gym, to the cul de sac to the staff, all those people, it's still in us. And if we're not careful, people have not been careful, people have said there's no way, and all of a sudden, you hear these people saying, and I've sit across from them, and they're sitting there, on one hand, they're crying that they're about to leave their family, and then the other thing, they're looking at me going, but you just don't understand how great this is. Their long-term reasoning doesn't make any sense, and it feels so wonderful. You know, and the verse that always comes back to me over and over is First Corinthians six, uh, eighteen says, "Flee from sexual immorality. All sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body." It's like flee from sexual immorality. In other words, like run from it, and not like from an emotional standpoint, like from moving your body swiftly from one location to the other. Like if you sense this, feel that that we need, you got to get away from this. And so I think that's the thing when you look at these key leaders, or you look at people that's happened to, maybe it's next door neighbor, maybe it's been you, that I think this is something we have to acknowledge from, you know, from again, we have to respect what our, how our bodies respond, but also if people that are listening that are believers, there's a biblical thing like, let me help you out here, you need to get away. Does that make sense?
1: Do you think there are people that don't think to themselves, I need to run from this? Like they get... Cause I don't think it doesn't start with like, hey, I'm your coworker. Do you want to sleep together? Like, so much leads up to it that it's not just like, like obviously it's like, oh no, I would never sleep with somebody else. Like obviously I'm not going to sleep with somebody else. Like it's it's not quite as black and white as someone proposed an affair to me and I ran from it. Like I think that's what's a little bit of a nuance to it is that it's not as it's not always as easy as. I had a temptation to have an affair, and I ran from it. Perf- and I
2: won. Perfect point, point. and that's the thing. It it never starts there. So it's like I visually think of this. It starts from a tiny little red flag to a that gigantic one. That is what one.
1: is terrifying to me. Yep. To me, what is terrifying is knowing these really great leaders, really wise people. That you look at it, and you and you go like, "Oh my goodness, if it could happen to them." Yep it could happen to any of us and then you're you have this like crippling fear that your spouse or that you or that now it's like i don't know what to yeah. do with this
0: i feel like i think everybody who has someone in their life whether it's their parent or a leader or somebody like that that they've you know uh, been affected in one way or another by an affair Everybody thinks what you just said, that if it could happen, I typed that out earlier. If it could happen to them, it could happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I think then the very next step is, at least in my thought process, plays into that fear. And every time I see that, I think about Terry and I, and I, the question I ask is, are we okay? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are, are, we, are we doing things you know as best as we can to prevent that? Because if it could happen to them, it could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's at least the natural progression in my mind. And Ted, I guess you can speak into that. Like, is that the right framework to have? Like, is there a, a healthy fear there that we need to safe, you know, that helps safeguard our marriages because it is just the tiny little things that, uh, can be scary that it, you're afraid that it could lead to something else. So I, it, I rambled a, li- a little, no, bit no. And
2: it after to your point. <clears throat> Like, it's not a matter, I don't think, of, of crippling fear. I think it's like anything else when we see some kind of train wreck happen relationally for somebody, is there needs to be the respect of going, boy, I feel really judgy right now. I'm really frustrated right now. Like, I get really frustrated when I see leaders of major organizations and stuff going, you owed so much to so many people. Like, I had somebody say to me the other day, uh, ask me about Andy Stanley, who's a pastor here in Atlanta. It's, really well-known speaker for people who don't don't know him. And the question was, please, no, they said to me, please tell me that he's the real deal. Almost like if he is, it's going to be an exception, which I thought was a pretty sad commentary because it's happened so much with so many people lately. And it's just so much damage to so many things when that happens.
1: You just, Uh, you don't, but that's what's scary is you don't know if they're the real deal until it's happened. Cause we would say to any number of those leaders that it's happened to, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. And yeah, you then don't, one day you find out they're not. It's it's yeah. Yeah,
2: and nobody knows for sure. I think I'm <laughs> able to say he's the real deal because we've known them personally over the years and, you know, we've interviewed his wife on this podcast and, you know, he is the king of boundaries and the king of to use CJ's words, guardrails and he's, you know, you put the guardrail really far away from danger.
1: I'm just not sure. Because like we talked about, you could you could have all the boundaries in place, you could know a bunch of people that would say you're the best guy in the world, and then one day you find out this dark, hidden thing that's been going on, and nobody knew about but it.
0: But I think you're right, and to an extent, for sure. Like, absolutely, anybody can surprise you. And when you're this far away from a leader, we can never really know. But I think maybe in this might, I don't know where this conversation is going, Uh, but like if it lands on, well, there are still some guidelines and some guardrails and some check marks that you and your spouse can have, which can almost prove as evidence that, okay, you are the real deal. I think if that makes sense, Sure.
1: like, yes, sure. Yes. Put boundaries in place, put, you know, make, you know, talk with your spouse about what guardrails are in place I just think the reality of marriage and I'm not saying not to do those things. I'm just saying the reality of marriage is that you chose somebody and every day you wake up and you trust them. Yep. And whether they are trustworthy is up to them. And I think that's that's kind of like what you almost but have come to But that doesn't mean you with. can't
2: build trust. After to get you. I fully get that to say hey, there's no there's no boundaries. There's nothing we put in place that's going to give somebody that doesn't have integrity, integrity. But one example, I think, just being wise with this whole thing, this whole idea of fleeing and getting away from these situations is, you know, a recent study shows that, uh, you know, one third of divorces cite Facebook as the issue. And you go, that that can't be. But think about this. Somebody explain it to me this way. I'm going to rewind, you know, 25 years ago, not even that long to go if somebody decided that they wanted to have an affair or wanted to reconnect with somebody in high school you think about what they would have to do to figure that out like they would have to find out if they're happily married somehow who you asking that question who knows Mm -hmm. you have to find out what their contact information is and then you had to take the bold step of approaching them uh you may not even live in the same city so you've got this demographic situation going on so you go that it wasn't laid out for you mm-hmm. if we were to have a creative meaning to how to help people to have an affair i would dare say there's no better resource than facebook and this isn't a bag on facebook it's just the reality of our times to say you know somebody's sitting there they maybe they're exhausted at night their spouse is exhausted They're looking on Facebook and they see somebody from high school or whatever and like, oh, hey, you know, you're doing good. Thought about you the other day. Having this chat back and forth, talking about that next thing, man, you're really taking care of yourself. You're looking good. And it starts this exchange that would have never happened otherwise. So it puts people that would never do this, never go into this thing, and that's when the neurological stuff takes off. That's when people say, oh, it turned into a neurological thing where my logic and long-term reasoning went away and we just went down this trail that feels really good to a really tired, really exhausted, maybe frustrated in their marriage situation. And it's like going back to that whole infatuation time. Now you're experiencing all those things, and this person makes you feel this way, and my spouse makes me feel this way. And so you're watching one-third of people who are divorcing are saying, hey, I connected with another person. And I would dare say they wouldn't have connected otherwise. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. I don't think anybody goes, I'm trying to have an affair. Let me... Find somebody or get on Facebook. I don't, no one makes like a conscious decision like that. Um, I think my, I think. So, what's your pushback? Here's my thing I'll just speak from what I personally do totally to protect my marriage from unfaithfulness. I don't have 15 rules, I don't have guidelines to where I am or who I'm with. Every day I wake up. And I say, throughout this day, I'm choosing Hudson. I choose to talk to him. I choose to be with him every time I can. I choose to make him a priority. And I don't choose anyone else. I'm not choosing anyone else today. And I think my hesitation to the boundaries and the rules that you can put in place around a marriage are that they don't always work. And... All, all those boundaries boil down to helping you just make this choice, that you're choosing your spouse every day.
0: Totally. I think people could say the same thing about what you just said, that choosing Hudson every single day doesn't always work either. That doesn't make it any less valid for you. And that's where I think this I conversation think if you, is going. If is you that choose
1: your spouse every day, you wouldn't be in situations
0: what, I, what I'm that saying is, I that. think where we're heading is every couple has to decide what protecting their marriage from unfaithful, unfaithfulness looks like for them. Mm-hmm. And for you, it means waking up every day and saying, hey, I choose Hudson every day. I choose Hudson every day. Your pushback to the boundaries and guardrails thing is they don't always work. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would agree with you, but I would also say your version of that doesn't always work f- also. I'm not saying it's not going to work for you. I'm just saying like, but at the same time, that's also not a reason not to do it.
2: You know, like that's 100%. I mean, because you are in the exact same place I was with a seminary professor. I was offended. I was frustrated. I thought it felt artificial. I thought there's no way these silly things. It's much deeper than our Facebook rules because it feels ridiculous to to say, hey, I'm going to put up the tiny little fence of... Of little I mean, rules. Putting are- up
1: the fence in general to me makes it feel like this deep issue can be solved with tiny things, these tiny little boundaries.
0: I don't think that's what we're saying. We're not. Uh, I don't think it, we're saying it can be solved. I'm saying it could, o- I mean, for myself, it could only. It could only help and be of benefit to put up more guardrails further back. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: It does. I mean, here's the thing. We are not with our spouse more than we're with our spouse. So the question is, how do I make this not with time good for my marriage? And I've moved from going, this professor is an idiot, to working with couples since 2001, going, this professor was right. I wish he was wrong. I wish it was just, I choose. I wish it was just every day I'm going to do this unfortunately, we're living in a time that we're gonna have to wrestle with. And part of this wrestling is this ability to connect with other people, whether that's social media, whether that's at work, which has been something that's been around forever, whether that's in the cul-de-sac, whether it's in the gym, because it just happens. And it just happens to people who love Jesus, who would, said they would never, ever, ever do it, who do it and later go, oh my gosh, how did I implode my life? And I just think, we gotta be smart. And, hey, you know what? If we put up these guardrails and they were never necessary, great. But what if we don't? And what if a couple don't? And what if people listening go, well, I think this is silly or this is archaic? I mean, I have rules that probably feel uh, archaic. Like when I travel and speak, they know, I say do not send a female to pick me up at the airport. I won't have meals with you know, a female by myself. You know, that is not for everyone. It is for, it is for me. I don't know, people may say it that is archaic. I see, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, do you have pushback against that?
2: Because that's exactly I what just you're think, saying. I
1: think it's different for every person. And totally. I think the the boundaries totally. that Ted's put in place are not the same boundaries I would put in place. I, I I don't feel weird being in a car with a guy. I don't feel weird about it. I don't feel any temptations. I don't feel I mean like and it happened. I mean I guess it's just, it depends on you and if you know yourself and you're like, you know what, sometimes when I'm in certain situations, I start thinking weird things and I'm just take I'm removing that aspect of that element from my life. I'm putting this boundary in place. Great. I, I don't think putting Ted's rules in my life. Totally will accomplish the same thing.
0: I, I, I hear what you're saying and I would I'm on board with you. We're in agreement for once Afton. that But you're about to that, have a caveat. But I'm also I also want to stick up for Ted a little bit and say just because he has that rule doesn't mean that's necessarily his
2: temptation. No, and it's and it. Here's the other thing that makes it a little bit difficult is when you set those rules. It's it can be insulting to that person. To like to say if somebody, a, a female colleague, says, "Hey, let's meet and have lunch and talk about this," and I go, "I have this rule." It's weird. It it it's, does it make her feel like I thought she was something that that she wasn't? Am I making any implications? And I'm not. And I can say this. I don't have those guardrails because bueno me. Boy, I know right, me that's what I, I'm saying. I know I'm on the edge. I know I could be on the edge, not at all. nothing could be further from the truth. I just think it's something I've had in place, and when you have put the guardrail so far away from danger, why not? Because here's the thing. what are you tra- what are you getting in exchange for saying, I can't have boundaries or I can't- I'm not going to have rules. What are you getting in exchange for that? Would be my question. That's a great question.
1: It just depends on what the rules are. I don't think certain rules, I don't think most of the rules work. I don't think they work. I don't think the boundaries work. There are over and over again we've seen they don't work. They don't work with these giant but, church leaders, these giant but, mentors. But they have those boundaries what, and it still no,
0: I don't want to go round and round, but it goes back to what I, mean, what I just said earlier. People would say your boundary doesn't work. Of just, I choose Hudson every day.
1: Exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. Is that nothing works. Nothing works. We're all susceptible so why to do you, it. So
0: why do you have that boundary? Why, well, why is that Well, it's that not your, a boundary. Well, it's just that, that every
1: day you wake up... In a marriage, every day you wake up, and you all you can do is trust. That's all you can do. There's not a formula. There's not... So you, you, can tr- you do what you can, so this, and you trust your spouse, and you, tr- and you do what you can. So
0: your answer to how do we protect our marriage from unfaithfulness is you can't.
1: Yes. That is what my answer is. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do, except for try every day.
0: But there are things you can't. Maybe you can't this. Maybe this foolproof helps. Proof. Totally.
1: Your marriage. But I think from there are things
0: you can do to build trust. Sure. How is that different? Then what? For instance, I, mean, I guess it is different. But like. Terry and I know each other's passwords to everything. She knows all of mine. I know all of hers. Right. Is that protecting our marriage from an affair?
1: It's just, I, it, 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 just it, being trustworthy I with think your it, spouse. But
0: I think it's the same. Is it protecting our marriage from an affair? You would say no. I would say, or unfaithfulness, I would say, I don't know. But it is building trust. Like, she could log on to anything totally. at any time and see totally. that. I think that those are the same answers, though.
1: That's what I... And I think building that's what trust, I'm saying.
0: Building trust and protecting from unfaithfulness, I think, are basically the same thing. When sure. Ted chooses not to get into a car with you know, so-and-so, is that protecting from an affair or is that building trust with Nancy? I think it's the same thing. Because
2: here's the thing. When you think okay. about these leaders, let's, let's say you trace, their, you trace their steps. Okay, When you start tracing themselves and you see the situations that they were in, that they were, they put, situations they put themselves in Mm -hmm. and another person in, Mm -hmm. had there been, not for all of them. They
1: might have had those rules, and then when it got too difficult, they just out with the boundary.
2: But here's the thing, I feel like you're like saying, hey, you know what? My grandpa smoked every day till he was 85, and he never got cancer, so why can't I smoke? It's one of those things where I feel like you're taking the, they're definitely gonna, you know, and to, To CJ's example, somebody could go, hey, yeah, I give her all my passcodes, but I can go and I can get my other passcode and I can have this whole other phone. There's always things around the system, but why in the world would we not put things in our lives that just keep this from not happening? Because here's the crazy, crazy- Because they
1: don't actually keep it from not happening. They don't keep it from not happening. CJ says, I'm going to give Terry all my passcodes. He can go get another phone with new passcodes. Great. You put a rule in place. It's all about your heart. It doesn't matter what the boundaries are.
2: Oh, that, that is like saying, like, it makes no sense to put up guardrails on the road because you're going to run off re- regardless. No. I mean, you're saying no. guardrails do not work is what you're saying. That Guardrails help nothing.
1: They don't. Ha- Here's what matters. You being right with your spouse and you being right with God, that's what matters.
2: And I wish it was that simple. I, I truly do. I think-
1: I wish it were as simple as put up th- five boundaries and an affair won't happen. You won't be susceptible to an affair if you I, put up these here, boundaries. So I wish that what, were the what answer. What about this? What but about it's this? not.
0: You're, you're right in that, yes, if someone is, is dead set on... Being unfaithful,
2: having an affair, I don't think yes.
1: anyone goes dead well, set into, uh, well, I'm going to have an affair. Exactly, well,
2: which could. is the point of this whole thing. No right. one goes in there. It all starts with these little bitty steps. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. These little bitty steps go to neurological place where your brain shuts off and you make a decision you would never And that's say. what I was going to say. Don't ever let it make one little bitty step. Have rules with that. Because here's the thing, you're crazy to think if, tw- if one third of people are divorcing because of Facebook then what is your deal on Facebook do you have things do you have codes? do you have things and may here's the thing maybe you don't make these boundaries with your spouse as much as you're making them with yourself
1: totally just to right. say
2: why would you put yourself in that spot to even accidentally make you know totally. that, that's where
0: that's where I was getting at like yes. some of these things are yeah if i wanted to get around stuff i could i don't want to accidentally you know do something that's going to hurt you know,
2: Terry, uh, you know, I don't I don't even want to dance with that. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what we're saying. You've got nothing to lose by having boundaries that you put for yourself, that you protect yourself. Because here's what I think. I think it's arrogant to say it could never happen to me. I am not. Every,
1: I think it could happen to literally anybody, regardless of anything you've put in place.
2: OK. And if that's the case. And Ted and I agree with that. It I could agree could that it could happen to everybody. Could. given give the right situation. Now, is there things that we can do to protect the situation? And there are things that you can do to protect the situation. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. People that travel, for instance, it is set up for this to happen. Right? It is set up. I mean, it, and I've just got too many friends that work in the real world that travel for a living and it happens because there's zero boundaries there's zero thought of it culturally it's crazy to not that it's not okay to go have dinner with somebody of the opposite sex when you're out traveling oh that's archaic at the same time there's no boundaries and let me tell you something because there's no boundaries it's happening because when you add opportunity it's happening
1: with the boundaries too (laughs) i feel like what you're hearing me say is that i don't believe in boundaries i'm not saying that I'm saying boundaries don't always work.
0: Don't always.
1: Don't always and do of minimal help.
0: Could they sometimes work?
1: I don't know. I haven't seen them work yet.
2: You haven't seen them work? In a foolproof work?
1: kind of way.
2: Because here, here's the things things you never know. You never know what you've prevented. That's the thing. There is no sassy story with anything that's proactive. Nothing. You never know what you've prevented. I'm okay with you saying... They're of minimal help.
1: It's like a speed bump. They're like speed bumps. I would, I wouldn't treat them like road signs. I would treat them like speed bumps. And if you're racing down the road, these rules in place slow you down a little bit. Perfect. But if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it, and there's nothing, there's nothing anyone could do about it.
2: Right. So you can call them speed bumps, but I will have to say, we've done a lot of podcasts on this thing given the research on what people's bodies and brains do physiologically, given what I feel like scripture is saying to do in these situations, I don't agree with you. I think you, I don't agree to the fact, I think you go, Hey, they're just minimal help. Great. It's taking the stairs every day. Minimal help. Maybe I just think what's the wise thing to do in the light of this situation in light of what I want for the future.
1: I, I- think, yes, I think that's great. If, people want to put up boundaries that will slow them down or make them think twice or put them in situations they don't want to be in great what's discouraging about the boundaries is that they don't actually matter because all of these great leaders had all these boundaries in place pastors of mega churches that got up and preached every Sunday and were so wise it still happens to them
2: Did- the boundaries. Because the leaders over that I know, and over the leaders that I know that you're talking about, one in particular, I know for a fact that they did not have those boundaries about being with people of the opposite sex in these situations, and it was often retreats and different things. Those boundaries weren't in place that it happens. I think we would be foolish to say that they don't matter. We've just seen the, ex- I mean, you know, it's Bob Harper from biggest loser. Who's a fitness guru who just had a heart attack. You're going all that exercise and it didn't even matter. Cause we look at that situation, not the other ones of ones that have protected themselves. You don't know what they've prevented. Sure. We don't know what they've helped because there's just no story there. And so we say, there's no story to be told. And I think there's a great story to be told. The best story to be told is people that were proactive with their marriage, just like going to be proactive with their health, and it protected, and they won't know to heaven what they've prevented. I get it. I get what you're saying. No boundary is going to give anybody character, but to say we don't need them, I just think it's crazy.
0: Well, this has been a very lively and exciting, and I really do think helpful conversation. Because whether where we, wherever we land on the spectrum, whether or not we think boundaries are helpful, a little bit or a lot, it's good to know where we stand on these, and it's good for you to figure out what your perspective is of boundaries in your marriage, right? So, Ted, can you give us some example guidelines, not for every couple, not for Afton, not for me, just some general ideas to start thinking about when it comes to things that we might be able to do to safeguard our marriage. Do you even want to go there?
2: Or do you want to just let I'm every so couple... I'm so defeated by Afton right now <laughs> that I don't even believe anything anymore.
1: I, what can I do to protect my marriage? if I were to answer that today and I am going to go home and ask Hudson what he thinks we, we do to protect our marriage or what we can do in the future. I would say what I do to protect my marriage is be very aware of where I am, what I'm doing, who I'm with. And if I feel a red flag go up, I remove myself.
2: Perfect. Perfect. That's great. I like that. It's from character. I like that. It's, it goes across the board I will continue to do the same thing. Good job. I will also continue not to let ladies pick me up from the airport.
1: I uh, have sure. meals with yes. somebody without. Listen, you do you. Yep,
2: I will continue to do that. You I do will sti- you. You know, Nancy still didn't know whoever's on Facebook with me. I will continue to do that, and I do believe if there were leaders put some of these things in place, not all of them, but if it had helped one of them, it's worth it, and would be foolish to not that's where I'll stop. That's
0: great. I, I, I shared a little bit of what Terry and I do uh, earlier in, in the episode, but one of the one one thing for us is that we both have access to all of each other's accounts. And I know, Afton, that's not a perfect safeguard against everything, for sure, but it is a level of transparency that at any point in time, Terry can log on to email, Facebook, whatever it is. She can unlock mm-hmm. my phone mm-hmm. uh, and scroll through text messages. And it's n- normal to like... Like if we picked up each other's phone, it's not like, hey, 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 that's mine. That's mine. It's it's very normal totally. to pick up each other's yeah. stuff. Uh, so that's one example uh, from our life. And I would love to know what other couples uh, do to protect their marriage from unfaithfulness. If you have ideas, if you have thoughts on what you and your spouse do to safeguard your marriage, let us know. You can drop a, a comment uh, on our Instagram or in our Facebook group or even on our website, marriedpeopleorg slash podcast. And I think there's more here for us to unpack, but this has been such a, honestly, it's been a long conversation, but it's been good. And I think we'll circle back to some of this at some point in an episode in the future because I think there is a lot here still to unpack
1: yeah a lot to talk about
0: (laughs) well Ted Afton thank you both for joining us for this very exciting interesting conversation uh, this week we're gonna save the married people reviews for later because I feel like I don't know if we want to end on that today yeah Uh, this is Hey, this is real.
1: We want them to leave reviews based on this episode and read them in the future.
0: (laughs) So if you've left us a review, we will check back on those at another episode. In the meantime, uh, we would love for you to leave a review and we will read it on a future episode. Uh, We appreciate you guys leaving those. It helps us get these conversations in front of more couples who need to hear them. Uh, And until next time, I'm CJ. I'm
2: Afton. I'm Ted.
0: And thank you for listening.